The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at HeftyRenew.com. Hey, don't forget this month, enroll in any MAPS All bundle. All month long. Any MAPS That's bundle. That's right. You have the uh, Sexy Athlete Bundle that melds MAPS performance with MAPS aesthetic. You have the Build Your Butt Bundle where we teach you to get your glutes to fire Hell yeah. so that but, you but, can but, but, really build them with your squats and deadlifts, and it combines MAPS anabolic with MAPS aesthetic, or the Cadillac, the best one, Ooh. the RGB bundle. The sexiest of all. This is MAPS anabolic, MAPS performance, MAPS aesthetic, all lined out, all planned out for you, nine months of exercise programming. Game changer. But I don't know what to do. <gasps> now nah, you do. Enroll in any of those, and here's what you get this month only. You get to pick your choice. Any guide we offer That's right. for free. We have the nutrition survival guide. We have the fasting guide. We have the occlusion guide. Pick any of those for free. And on top of that, here's the cherry on top. How do you guys like what that? What is it? Tell us, Sal. You can pick any MAPS t-shirt for free. So we'll give you all that stuff for free. Absolutely uh, stanky. Free. Listen, Mind Pump Radio, excuse me, mindpumpmedia.com. Always fuck that one up. Mindpumpmedia.com. Here's what you do, by the way, when you enroll in a bundle. You need to send an email to admin at mindpumpmedia.com. Send your address, send your emails or your name so we know who you are, uh, your size, your shirt size, and what guide you want so you can get all those free awesome things. Excellent, Sal. We do in the review contest giveaways. Yes, indeed. How many reviews, Doug? Give it to us straight. We have reached new heights, guys. Whoa, you guys already started. Whoa. (laughs) Slow down. (laughs) 32 reviews. Boom. Holy shit. Wait, 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 32 wait. reviews. We got to give out some shirts then. Do, 32. Nine, how many shirts are we giving away? Nine. By the Nine way, shirts. you know why these reviews are coming in Holy fast and furious? Because there's two reasons why. Number oh one. God, here we go. Number one, because we're the best podcast on earth. Okay. Amen. Number number two, because we finally, we're telling people how to leave a review because it's such a pain in the ass to figure out I how to leave a review. I think that's what it is. is it, on iTunes. Is it natural for you to just to take credit for everything or do you actually have to actively think about <laughs> it? I said we. I said we. We. Do you, we. You, do you? We. Uh, do you feel threatened every time I say shit? <laughs> we with a capital M. <laughs> yeah, listen. You didn't say he summoned it though, Adam. You got to give him credit for yeah, that. Listen, yeah, listen. Uh, this is how you leave a review if you want to, your chance at winning a free t-shirt. By the way, nine shirts out of 32 reviews, it's a pretty damn good uh, odds of winning. Absolutely. We're generous for generous people leaving reviews. This is what you do. You go on your phone. You go to the podcast uh, icon. You click on it. Go to search. At the top, type in mind pump two words. I don't care if you're subscribed or not. You still got to do it this way. Hit search. Our little icon pops up. Click on our icon. And right underneath it, there's three tabs. The middle one says reviews. Click on that. And then you can leave a review. And if we like it, you'll win a free t-shirt. Who won? All right. We got nine winners. Tell us, Douglas. Starting with Chris Ellis, 21. Badass. Okay. Jim Cardoza. Here we go. A-I-S-F-N. Super Some acronym that's worth something. Yeah. A-S-F-N. That's Yeah. A-E-O-F, 1921. Jimbo Sipper, Body Rocks, 365, Shast, 1010. B. Fawcett. Blake Fawcett. Oh, he finally wins a t-shirt? For sure. My this is the sec- first time he's won on a review. Second, huh? second yeah. favorite homosexual. I like this guy. <laughs> <Well, laughs> Who's first, Justin? Okay. Uh, 
Yeah, our final is Tasmanian Lifter. You guys all win. Free t-shirts. How, yes. do they, how do they get their shirts, Doug? Get them, Douglas. Send the name I just read to iTunes at mindpumpmedia.com, your shirt size, your shipping address, and we'll get that right out <laughs> to you. Good Is job, guy guys. Just spin around in circles and throw weights? Is it? If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. Do you love me? I can always me? spark you. You do. You do, do. You love me, Justin. Do you realize that I'm what? I'm your your muse? your your, your creative muse. spark? Yeah. Now that I can dance, it, yeah. Welcome to the Sal and Justin show. We're waiting for Adam to get back on the. He mic just texts all day long because he's talking to people, trying to put together Hello. new products I'm and T-shirts and shit. Doug got I'm me so a new cool. filter. Doug what? Doug got me a new filter. Oh, the pop oh, filter. I see. It's so much nicer. It's not all limp. It's not limp. Yeah, you're having problems <laughs> with it. He gave it to our guest, I see. Yeah. So our guest gets the shitty uh, Adam was filter. always flaccid. It, it was you, a problem. It's, no, it's, it, it's, it's, they say that your mic is like your like you are, like their it, owner. It's an extension. Like it's like a dog, you know, like the dog is like your owner. <laughs> they say, the mic a, is they like say that about a mic. Just a, they do. a noodle. And there. if you look at me and Justin's mics. Very erect. Hard. Yeah. Very hard. Granite. Yours? Yeah. Less hard, little, less hard, a little slippery, it's little, softer, little noodly. It's, yeah. but it's but it's but it's moldable. Okay, it goes in different directions. Hey, yeah. what did you guys? Uh, what did you think about yesterday's seminar? Was it, we uh, took a t- different turn this time around? What did you guys think? I, think What's your, I like I like hearing I like the our new message. Everyone's so hard on themselves, so I like to hear. Actually, I'm probably the hardest when it comes yeah. to that shit. But let's hear. Let's hear no, you guys. I'm hard. On talk positive, too. then I'll talk shit about. Us. You are a dick. <laughs> I think. <laughs> I think uh, we are coming. W- what's coming together now is lots our of, lots of coming. Our direction, yeah. like butt cheeks, like, like our, says like our. Um, it's going to be our talk, our brand. Uh, it's who we are. It's starting to come forward because our first seminars were really just informative, you know. Yeah, which is fine, but uh, I want people to leave our seminars feeling changed. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I want them to leave, and I want them to completely change how they view nutrition and exercise and how uh, they approach those things. I don't want them to leave and say, oh, that was cool information or wow, I learned a little bit. You're going to get that, but I want people to leave being like, holy fuck, I was fundamentally mm-hmm. altered right. from that seminar. And I We've think- we changed your perspective. Yes, and we are getting we there. Yeah. I want to take your channel, whatever channel you're stuck on, and I want to change your channel. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to just give you more- Jesus. Well, and I yeah. like that we haven't- Well, okay, I know we're, we're going on a positive tint here, but- you know, I do. I definitely like that we went in a little bit more of the inspirational route because, like, we over-inform all the time. I feel, and that's what the podcast is great for because we can elaborate on that topic for you know a longer amount of time. And I just feel like when we get into that mentality when we're speaking live, it just becomes like and we're just like hammering all these points. But it just feels like there's so much to cover. Whereas if we we can just whittle it down to these like life lessons and, and, and things that like are the, you know, the top things to focus on. I think that's really well, going to help people I, more. I think we've identified. So the previous seminar that we did before this one, we started it similar to what our, all of our seminars used to be, right? It was informative. We were talking about nutrition and exercise and good information. And we were kind of dispelling myths in the, you know, in the fitness industry mm-hmm. and halfway through we kind of went on a little bit of a tangent and, and struck some nerves. And I could tell, I don't know about you guys, but I can really get a sense of uh, the shift in energy from the crowd. 
and the the, the, sh- the energy changed, and you could see their the looks on their faces shifted, and people started nodding, and some people started laughing, not because we were being funny, but because they started realizing yeah. a lot of the th- different things about themselves. That happened the the it's not like this we're seminar. going right into their living room and watching them. Yeah, and it, it happened the se- seminar before, and this one we were we we understood that and we kind of focused on that and you could see that it was a different connection and people were leaving with a little with different uh, ideas and we're able to hammer home our message that we talk about a lot on the show but we're really able to do it in a in a 1 hour period and get people kind of mm-hmm. think of things differently and uh, I, we're nowhere near no. don't get me wrong this was just us kind of spitballing a bit this brand new idea in this new format and I, obviously we need to sharpen up like and oh, yeah. hone in on these oh, points i think 50 yeah. more of these and we're going to be ready for coliseums and shit like that but i don't think we're, we're anywhere near you know <laughs> may, maybe i'm a little confident <laughs> uh but i i, I don't think you we're say that until adam like chimes in here yeah <laughs> he, that's why he's that's waiting why i'm waiting the I'm only like, time i don't know about coliseum dude the, the only time adam's quiet let's do the gym scene is first, when he's waiting you know to talk mean? shit yeah. <laughs> no. I think it's important though that I, I consistently talk shit even about ourselves. I mean, I think that's what makes sure. it. I think that's what makes it okay. I think if you were somebody who um, talks shit about other people and then but and all you did was glorify your, yourself and like I'm self righteous. No, and, it's true. We're, we're equal opportunity shit talkers. Yeah, no, I, yeah, no. I mm-hmm. I think I'm I'm I think I'm much harder on us and I have much well, higher expectations uh, for us than I do oh, anybody yeah. else in the fitness industry and. Uh, I had a lot of people come up to me afterwards and said, oh, my God, they've been to several already. And they're like, that was my favorite. That was awesome. I, I really like the direction you guys are going with this. And, man, more people need to be talking. So I got tons of feedback. I had family in town that had never seen us live before. They've listened to the show plenty and stuff. But then they were totally impressed. They loved it. And I said, you know, it's it was all right. I said, I, I, I thought that... Uh, I thought it's still we're still getting in our groove because this was the first time we kind of went this direction. So I think after we've we've done a few like that, I think it'll get better. You know, and then when I try to explain to everybody, everybody was like really pumped and excited that was talking to me. I said, listen, Sal is so much better than that. I mm, said, yeah. Mm, <laughs> I said, when he when he is on fire, it, yeah. it, it gets it's me. contagious. Right? I get yeah. inspired. Yeah. Like I oh. like when I when I know he is when he's <laughs> on is, his. It doesn't feel like I'm a like, compliment. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that when I said that's when it you guys you guys think that was really good and that was like salad like a C plus you know when he is when he is on his like serious when he's A plus material mm. it just it takes the whole sometimes I catch myself like captivated by what he's saying and sucked in and when I know he gets me like that it it takes me to this whole new level of getting like fired up and mm. and then we just do this dynamic and it, there was there was a couple times uh, yesterday I felt that happen but I also felt like it took. 20 to 30 minutes before we we hit that where i'd like i'd actually like to improve on how we come out like i want that i want to right away give that it takes practice dude it's going to take practice it's It's going to take us it's going to take us honing our skill we're not quite ready for speaking no speaking in front of people is different than speaking on a microphone and it's different than being on video and it's all different right but as you hone your skill and get better what you're doing you're able to impact people uh with more power and that's the idea. When you talk to people in person for an hour, you have one hour to make a difference. You really do. And it doesn't happen with just giving people information. It happens with emotion. It happens with inspiration. It happens with passion. It happens with uh, when, you're, when you're fundamentally changing how they view themselves and think of things. You're tr- what you're trying to do is you're trying to, sit, it's just to light a spark because an inside everybody is a 
a pool of, you know, gasoline. And if you light the right spark, you'll set that person on fire and they leave that seminar um, and things, you know, it's like dominoes, things change. And that's the goal. That's what you want to do when you speak in front of people, but that's not an easy thing to do. And I don't care how good your information is. Well, we just got to get you more preachy. You got to get, well, you got to practice. You got to get good. And every seminar I've ever done, and I don't, I have zero problem talking in front of people, but the problem is every seminar I ever did if in the, for fitness was informative. I never did seminars where I got to come up there and be inspirational and, and really, yeah, really just trying to change. It's totally things. different dynamic. And yeah. so this is different, but it's good. It's starting to happen. Well, it's also, you got to, here's the thing that I think that is the greatest challenge is that when we, we had the podcast and the podcast we spent, you know, over a year. Mm-hmm. Of building credibility and uh, creating ourselves as an authority in the fitness industry, just timing and all that stuff. Yeah, it so it, 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 that, that takes time, right? And then now we go into a room. Now, mind you, the reason why our listeners probably are wondering too, like, what? I need, we don't we don't uh, promote our seminars. We don't talk about. It. We actually go into companies that uh, hire us to go in and do these talks for like health fairs or private like things. Like Orange Theory holds just with your orange. So mostly all Orange Theory members. So. You know, right now, a lot of a good half or more than half the people in our audience have never even heard us before. So there's this new dynamic of where, you know, you have an hour and a half or so to uh, create yourself as an authority and then deliver this inspiring message and informative and educational at the same time. Yeah, I just can't say balls you know, <laughs> yeah. right away. I have to like warm people up. To well, they're the shit. Out of them. It, yeah. do, it does. So exactly. it, it's a little bit, I think, and I think in the future when we start doing the big events where we're, we are promoting it on the podcast and we go into towns and we say, hey, we're here in Austin, Texas on this date. And then now the, most all the fans or all, most all the, the guests will be people that have heard the show for a long time. I think those will be a total different tone because we won't have to spend the first 30 minutes of it getting people to understand like, you know, how long we've been doing this for and that, oh, we understand, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, th- I feel like we have to do so much of that right now to really get you uh, bought into whatever we're talking about before we can get into the message or into inspiring people. So that's, that's definitely a, a unique uh, challenge, I feel like, that we're dealing with with the, the seminars in comparison to the other uh, forms or platforms well, we utilize Well, the message now. that we talk about on Mind Pump that resonates very strongly with people really has to do with changing uh, you know, how you view your body, changing your relationship to food, right? changing your relationship to exercise, looking at the real important things and focusing on that and then finding that fitness, health, and leanness and all that stuff becomes a side effect of you know, uh, really fundamentally changing how you approach these things. And that's the message that we're trying to uh, give across or, uh, you know, put across to these people. It's not a message that's necessarily groundbreaking. I think people have heard it before. Some of our techniques and and the way we present them is unique. And we do have unique aspects of how you approach these things that I don't, I don't think I've ever heard anybody really talk about, but a lot of communication isn't, isn't the words you say, it's how you say them. And I know for a fact, and I've known this because I've been a trainer for a long time, because I've been in the fitness industry for 20 years, that nothing changes unless someone's emotional about it. Nothing changes unless someone feels inspired. Yeah. That's the impetus that but starts But it is a different off. message that we're saying. You it know? is. Like, and that's the important part why I think that we're onto something, because it needs to reflect a mission statement that is mind pump. Like People know this you know this way of thinking because it's 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 our flavor it's it's what we've come to conclude and so we we actually have a bit more 
you know, we, we can identify and kind of define that a little better now. We're getting we're getting closer to that to where it's like, okay, this is this is distinctly uh, mind pump in their message. Well, I think you know it's interesting. As we've continued doing uh, the show, we the three of us, and I like sharing this with the audience because uh, the audience, I like including them in our growth um, mm-hmm. and how we've evolved. It's very important for me that that you as listeners understand this because you can see then that a uh, we may be considered quote unquote authorities, but we are not the be all end all, you know, smartest know everything kind of people. In fact. I implore you to question mm-hmm. everything that we tell you. I implore you to not follow blindly. We don't want, you know, blind sheep following us because that is part of the problem. We want you to think for yourselves and question things. We want you to discover things for yourself because that's the only place that change truly happens. That's the road that leads to long-term longevity, health, wellness. That's the the road that leads to making being healthy, fit, lean, all those things become effortless is if you if you go in that direction and we've we grow quite a bit in fact this these seminars uh, are a reflection of how we've grown and uh we're striking a nerve you know i just did a post on instagram literally two hours ago as as i'm as i'm recording this episode two hours ago i did a post on iifym and how i think it's crap and how i think or we think it can lead to uh eating disorders uh different types of eating disorders but nonetheless bad relationships to food and eating disorders and boy, did I strike a nerve yep. within a very short period of time. And you got people on there tagging people and people commenting and pissing some people off. And, you know, one of the things I said on that post was if you see someone on Instagram who has IIFYM in their bio, the high odds are that the vast majority of the pictures on their on their page are going to be of bad food, are going to be of binge eating, are going to be of poor uh, eating habits. And um, food pornography. And sure enough, uh, people are getting tagged and getting angry with me and yelling at me or whatever. I click on their picture. There's one guy, and I'm not going to say his name. I do not want people to go after him. Um, I think, you know, he's got a right to post whatever he wants. He's just an example of what we're talking about. But you go on his page, and it's literally binge eating. Mm -hmm. It is literally uh, uh, eating disorder. The only difference is he looks lean. There's no difference from him because he keeps his calories in point. Because he keeps his calories in point, and you know, and he, and, they, and he's identified that that makes it okay to promote this kind of lifestyle. If you look further into this guy, he used to be overweight. So what he's done is he's taken his addiction to food and he's just changed it and pointed it in a different direction. But he's still got this addiction going on, and it's still an unhealthy relationship. And he's promoting it to his you know 100,000 you know fans and followers. But we've really started to strike a nerve. But you got to understand as listeners, this position that we were taking now is really starting to take hold with us. Mm-hmm. Because when we first started Mind Pump, we all knew IIFYM was a kind of a cultish, stupid thing. Mm-hmm. But we really didn't truly understand uh, the, the, the potential negative impact of, of constantly tracking everything, everything for the rest of your life. We didn't truly understand how that, would, that could turn into not just poor relationships with food, but it could turn into eating disorders. Until we started mind pump, until we started. Well, you see all the firsthand accounts that kind of like relay their story and like uh, you know some of the Dude. some of the problems that have have come through that. Dude, and, I've got I've got people I'm helping you know doing the you know online and they are some some of them are ex competitors or competitors current ones, and I am, I mean I know Adam, you've been in this world for much longer than me, this yeah. whole competitive world, but I'm shocked. I am shocked. It is 
crazy uh, what I have, what I'm working with well, here, you, and you, I have to take so many steps back with them. Because you, you now know what my frustration has been for the last almost two years now, because I was, because before that I I didn't realize how bad it was either, and you're you're more shocked because of who it is, right? I mean, these are the people that, like I like I said. So many people aspire to be like them because they're in phenomenal shape, right? And they're competing, and some of them competing at the professional level. So people are so amazed by their discipline to get to that point, and they all aspire to be like that one day. But in reality, what people don't understand is literally, and I'm talking, and 80, 90% of these people have eating disorders, a, a majority of them, not like some of them or a few of them, or most maybe them. have a, most of them. Most of them have some sort of an eating disorder, and most of them are unaware of it yeah. mm-hmm. uh, because it's become this popular thing to do. I feel and, so, I feel so bad too. And, I don't, you know, I used to be, I used to get angry and talk shit, but now I feel bad. No, like yeah, I see it, and it's just it's easy to get sucked in. I'm not right. gonna lie. Like I didn't even have my first. I didn't have a pop. The last time I had a pop tart was probably when I was like five or six years old, and just being around. The fitness, the the fitness competing world, they're so popular, and with the whole fit your macros bullshit, and everybody be using them for quick, uh, quick carbs and quick sugar. That I I remember like catching myself like I gotta try these. I haven't had these since I was five. I gotta know what this whole crave is about. And it tastes like fucking cardboard. But I get what 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 happens if you can get my attention to even make me go out there to want to do that. Then I realize what is this doing to everybody else that are unaware, that are already are unaware of mm-hmm. what it is that they're really consuming and really what the long-term effects could possibly be of of eating processed foods and artificial sweeteners and and doing that on a regular basis. And you've got these people that are super fit that are showing you that look, you can do this too and still look like this. So people are starting to connect that, and it's the wrong dots. Dude, it's the wrong direction. I, you know? I actually had this conversation uh, with my girlfriend yesterday. We were going through Instagram, and um, you know, I like to stay keep my my finger on the pulse of different aspects of the fitness industry. Everything from the meditative side to the yoga people to the powerlifters, the strength athletes, whatever, and even the bodybuilders. Mm-hmm. Now, it wasn't that long ago that I would look at a picture of a pro bodybuilder. And I would think to myself, like, fuck, that looks cool. Or, God, I wish I could look like that naturally. Or if I could do that naturally, God, that would be fucking awesome. This shift happened to me not that long ago. And I really, before I say what I'm going to say, I'm not trying to talk shit about anybody that does this. I'm not talking shit about these people whatsoever. The difference is my, my, my perception, my consciousness has shifted and it's this fundamental shift that has happened to me where I look at these pictures now of these super muscular, risk, you know, uh, ripped dudes who are posing on Instagram that I used to look at and go, God, that looks cool. Or, wow, look how fucking massive his back is or his quads are. And you know what I see now? All I see, all I see now is body dysmorphia. Mm. That's all I see now. I look at it now and I think to myself like, fuck, man, that dude is suffering and he doesn't even know it. Like he doesn't right. know... Because it becomes a uh, compulsion. Yeah, it becomes a compulsion. He doesn't know, and I only I can I know this because I used to be that guy. Yeah, I used to. In fact, I look at old pictures of myself when I used to bulk. They can and, totally identify. And I'd get it. my body weight up to two twenty five, two thirty, and I look at them, and I look, I see sickness now. Mm-hmm. Whereas before, I, I, I didn't even. You thought I, that was like the pinnacle, the ultimate fit. I could I couldn't see it before. Mm-hmm. It's really weird, and I'm not doing this to judge people. I promise you, and that's why I'm mm-hmm. almost like you know uh, careful even saying this. It's just it shifted my perception to the point now where I see 
Uh, I see the the underlying well, issues. It's like what what are our idols? You know, as far as like the fitness community and and your average person that uh, idolizes certain types of people, uh, you know, that they want to aspire to or just are inspired by. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it it it's kind of it's it's a tough conversation when when you try to like inform them about what they really do to to become that. And, and and show and portray that and like what is actually behind the scenes of their day-to-day eating schedule and, and drug intake and all these different things that, you know, maybe uh, it's a big part of their life at that point. If, if you're doing something that completely consumes your life to the point where it impacts your relationships uh, with people, it impacts uh, – your career, it impacts everything to the point where that becomes the only thing. And you know what I'm talking about if you're listening. You know that it alters. You get anxiety when you got to go to a birthday party. You get anxiety when you're going to a pool party and you got to take your shirt off or put a bikini on. You get you know fearful. You actually avoid things because uh, you, you avoid events. You avoid relationships. You avoid all these different things with important people in your life because – uh, it, it it runs you know smack dab against your obsession with how you look. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Now I'm not perfect by any you know by any stretch of the imagination. And if you are in that that boat, I am not criticizing you whatsoever. Um, but hopefully I'm sparking something in you, um, and it, and it can maybe in the future move you in the right direction. Because here's what's going to happen: you are not going to be able to stay doing this. Forever, I promise you there will be a point where you're either going to realize it yourself or you're going to be forced to realize it. You know, I have a friend who uh, growing up, you know, in our in our late teens and 20s, I mean, he was the guy was a maniac, right? He was, you know, he did every steroid known to man, uh, growth hormone, you know, was obsessed with eating and did all this crazy stuff and looked ridiculous. I mean, the guy took a shirt off and he just looked, he could have walked, he never competed, but he was just impressive, silly muscular crazy i was super you know impressed with him back then when i look at this guy the guy now uh is uh he's almost to the point now where he needs a uh kidney transplant and he is now his philosophy now is very in line with what i'm talking about he was forced you mm-hmm. see what i'm saying yeah he was forced to understand where he was and he says it now i talked to the guy now well, and he's like he goes man he goes i didn't realize how bad i was i was just so sucked up in it that I didn't realize it. So, you know, it, it's, I don't know, man. It's, it's why we're so passionate about it because we know that, I mean, it's so, it's so hard until, until you ha- you absolutely have to, until you get diagnosed with something or you, until some autoimmune comes up or, and even then most people don't know, don't connect those dots because I didn't connect those dots. So I feel like we're so passionate about it because we've not only have we experienced it ourselves, but we've had hundreds, probably thousands now of clients that, have gone through this transition in their life. And it, unfortunately, it's always when something serious happens, a cancer comes, yeah. you know, or all of a sudden you have this autoimmune issue come up out of nowhere, or you've got chronic this, or you're allergic to this. Like 
all of a sudden that is what finally yeah. makes you go forces you to stop and then assess everything. Yes, and then you wake up and you go, "Fuck!" You mean all those those two rock store rock star colas and you know bar I was doing every single day for ten years. Mm-hmm. I guess it did do something, you know. And her, this whole time I put that in the health category as a healthy choice. You Dude, know, I I'll never forget. Right. There was a trainer that worked for me years ago. So I was like, this is when I first became a fitness manager. So I was eighteen years old. And I had this trainer that worked for me. And he was a competitive bodybuilder. I can't even remember his name, uh, but he was massive. And he would tell me, and he would tell some of the other trainers, like, you know what? I don't give a fuck, man. When I die, I don't care when I die, but when I die, they're gonna have to make a, they're gonna have to take two caskets and put them together because they're not. I'm not gonna fit in one. That's how big I'm gonna be. And you know what's funny? Everybody thought that was cool. Yeah. Everybody's like, oh, this motherfucker's hardcore. <laughs> I mean, but it's, but yeah. it's, you know what? That's that's a very sad place to be. Yeah, that's a very very sad place to well, be. Well, and I, you you say this really well because I you know I've heard people come back and be like, "We're all going to die. We don't know when we're going to die. We could all be taken off the earth yeah. tomorrow." And I don't want to stress my whole life worrying no. about eating this or not eating that. But what people don't realize is what uh, the quality of your life w- that you are living, whether it be one day or the next forty that's years. That's what's important is learning to connect that because. And that's what we're trying to help people. It's like, listen, we're not trying to demonize something. We're not trying to say this is the only way. We're just trying to help you become aware. Become aware of when you do eat this way for a long period of time. Let me tell you, sure, it may look okay on the scale. Sure, it may make you look okay in the mirror. But it's the insides that that shit's happening that you don't understand. And you can't put your finger on quite yet until something like something big happens. And then it's like, oh, shit, maybe it was because of that. Well, instead of waiting till then... Why not try and work yourself into making better choices now that are going to benefit you not only long term, but even currently right now, your current mood, your current energy levels, your current strength, your current skin, your current hair, all those things now. Why not start making those choices now and heading in that direction before you have to until you have something that you can't get rid of? And by the way, this isn't just relegated to people who are ripped and shredded and, you know, go that route like. I know people who are the super wellness route that like super wellness, like everything has to be like super raw, organic, grown from this and that. And they too have an unhealthy relationship to food. It's actually called orthorexia, I believe, which is this obsession with health. Everything has to be super healthy. Nothing's good enough unless it's like this extreme uh, version of it. That is another, that is another direction that is not good. You don't want to live that way because you could become trapped. Within it. The reality is, it's all about the root where all of this is coming from. And when you become aware, like Adam's saying, you become very, very aware and you connect the dots and you read the signals and you put everything together, your motivation is such that it becomes effortless yeah. it is not something you obsess well, about that takes and that's a what lot we're talking about. of self-reflection it takes that, a, that takes moments out of your day to really assess yourself exactly and that's why it's so important that you know even we don't really stress the importance of meditation a lot but when we do it's really be, it's really about like listening to your body listening to these signals and these different things that your body's already telling you and you know, taking time to really be mindful when you're eating, and and really understand what you're putting in your body, and and just you know, like slowing down because we we are in a hustle. Mm-hmm. Everybody's in a hustle to to produce or to uh, make a living or um, you know some kind of like demand in their schedule, and you know, just just stopping and and scheduling stopping in your day. You know, is I going to do. A big, you know, I I just read a statistic difference. the other day. Um, 
some Americans throw away something like 30% of our food or something ridiculous like that. Mm-hmm. Like that is also an example of not being aware. I yeah. mean, think about all of the things that we could solve with simple awareness. And we're talking about food and nutrition and exercise because that's what we talk about. But that, God, that extends to everything, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, no, I, you know, I wish people would just make the connection with uh, Mind Pump, I mean, excuse me, with uh, IFYM. And that the relationship that you're you're creating with food is what they're you're playing right into what they want you to. They see that you have this you know this desire for donuts or this desire for pop tarts or these treats and things that you want. And nobody wants a diet that tells you you can't have the things you already love to intake or you're already addicted to. Mm-hmm. So the reason why it's so brilliantly successful is because they found a way to give you that. Yeah. They found a way to tell you, listen, you don't have to get rid of those things. No. You don't have to cut those foods out of your diet. You can do, you can be in shape and you can be healthy by doing that. And well, all we're trying to tell people is that, listen, it's not that you can't be in shape. You can be in shape, but it's not the best way to get healthy. And every successful diet, this is what they do, the peanut butter diet. You know, it's like they have, they created the pizza diet. They create a diet around something and all they're really doing is playing into your weakness. And you just have to see that from a mar- marketing perspective. They're like, telling you that wake you're the fuck up, yeah. dude. Like anything already that has the word diet afterwards, I'm already anti. Like yeah. I don't care how good it is or not good for it. If it says, well, you're giving it a lot of power if you think about it. You know, that, that thought process of I, you know, well, I can't, I can't get into that diet because I really like Oreos. And I mean, I really like it. Like I'm giving all this power to Oreos in my life, you know? Like, right. And so now I'm, now I'm scheduling all of my macros around me just being able to have these stupid Oreos. Like, like, like you give a shit that much about Oreos. Mm-hmm. So it, it, for me, it's just like porn. <gasps> what the? But porn's better. Oh my. What are the macros of the bird? Today's Quaz is being brought to you by Chimera Coffee. It's the only coffee that is infused with all natural nootropics for a cleaner, calmer, and more focused buzz without the crash. Click the Chimera link at mindpumpmedia.com and input the discount code MINDPUMP at checkout for 10% off. It's the motherfucking quad. The eagle has landed. All right, our first question is from C. Stauff22. I don't think you guys would look the way you do today if you followed your current dogma throughout your early 20s and 30s. I think a priority to build muscle is necessary to build size. Oh. I know why Sal picked this. I love this question. <laughs> Mother, motherfucker said, refer to us as dogma. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. I, we're uh, starting a religion, yeah, apparently. Yeah. Let's be clear. I like it. Let's be very, I very. I thought we, wasn't the, wasn't the deal we all I made. we were going to wait on that. Well, yeah, I thought yeah. we agreed that we were all going after all the fucking dogmas. Yeah. We're not trying to create one. Yeah. Right. Let's, 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 yeah, let's be very clear. We're not, we're actually the anti- uh, you know, anti-dogma. Um, we go against the the dogma that's preached um, when it comes to fat loss and muscle gain. And there's a lot of different ways uh, you can eat uh, to become very healthy. There's a lot of different ways you can exercise for longevity and health. There are general principles and truths, but the variances within those uh, are can be dramatic. And the variances from individual to individual can be dramatic. Uh, there's going to be people out there who are going to eat a vegan diet and that is going to work so well for them. It's going to make them so healthy and they're going to live a long, healthy life with excellent athletic performance and all these wonderful things. And then you got another guy could eat the exact same way 
and it could be an absolute disaster. So uh, to say that we have a dogma, I think you're missing the point. Um, our, our dogma is anti-dogma. That's number one. Number two, the, 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 would we have as much muscle and strength and look the way we do? No, we'd have if more. We, if yeah. we, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I'd have a lot more, trust the, me. The truth, yeah, I was going to say, if I It'd swear to God, man, if I had a fucking time machine, I know. Besides playing the lottery numbers, God, if I, I could wish go, I'd listen to myself. Yeah, if I could go back in time to myself in my teens and twenties and give myself workouts and this is how you should eat and don't do this kind of bullshit today, I would have no gut issues. Uh, my autoimmune issues would be a lot better. I wouldn't have had shoulder surgery on my left shoulder. Mm-hmm. I'd have. I'd be stronger. I would have moved better. I'd yes. be stronger. Yeah, I, I would look better. Oh this my god! It would be. Above. I would you, be so far do you, ahead. Do you understand where he he's trying to categorize us right now? Of right. Course, like, yeah. So you understand that this and what where this is stemming from is the mentality of the beast mode yeah. and like training to failure and all the thing that things that he's probably came across whether he's read it somewhere or someone's told it to him that this you got to get this there the only way you build to muscle. grow yeah if you want to grow and you want to have gains yeah. you got to train that you got to train beast you mode 4000 calories bro no days off and you just got to beat it up to get there and that couldn't be further from the truth yeah. No, not, it could not be further from the truth. Not only is it not only is it not true, it's so opposite. Like I said, if I could go back in time and inform myself, my God, would I be so much better off today and look better, and I'd probably have more muscle. I built muscle in spite of all the wrong shit that I did, not because of it. Right. You know what I'm saying? I think he's under the impression that all that shitty information, the eat so much protein that you you know that you you, you shit literally a piece of brick. Um, you know, eat you know eight meals a day, do your body part splits, go to failure, beat yourself up, take every mm-hmm. supplement known to man. I think he thinks that that's the way to build muscle, and that's now the, the formula. way, yeah, yeah, and the way we talk now is to maintain. Yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. I, I hate to break no, this. That is his. Yeah, I hate to break argument. this to you, but whatever. Bullshit. My biggest gains have happened in the last like four years of I'll, my life. I was just sure. gonna say. I was just gonna say, and like, that's crazy. That you, people don't understand how much harder that is. Yeah. If you've been training oh for 10, God, 10, 15 years, and you're thirty, fucking thirty five, thirty eight years old, like we are, it is much harder to make. And anybody who's 35, 38 years old and been lifting for 15 years will tell you this. The gains are very small and incremental These after you've been training for that long. But I'll tell you right now, I've made better gains in the last yeah. four years than I made my pre- my previous 10 because of the knowledge that I well, have. You can and the get away with so much more when, when you're in your 20s. Yeah. I mean, you're most impressionable. I mean, it, it's almost critical that you establish the right patterns and the right mentality uh because then that's going to carry with you for decades because for me like I, I could tell you that like probably within like maybe three four years it was just me battling my own uh wrong programming that i was doing you know i had to, i was fighting against my body yeah. i was doing everything because i had i thought everything had to be like super intense and so the, i would just hammer my body and then there's periods where i would have to rest and recover because there's so much damage I'm, I'm i'm really glad that sal picked this because i feel like god i've even though we've been doing this now for i don't know what's the podcast two over two years now that we've been doing this, and and I'm sure this guy is a, a, a an avid listener and a fan, and everything like that. If he's getting on the Q and A and dropping questions and stuff, I feel like he's. I feel like he just started listening. I feel oh, like his friend so? had to start listening, 
and he's having a tough time. You know what this is? Oh, I this hope that's co- what it, I hope he hasn't been, because I feel like some people have been listening for a long time, and they're still stuck. It just doesn't resonate. No, yeah, this it's, is, still, this, it's still, they don't want to break away. They still don't yeah. want. What you see here is this is a one. This is a classic example of cognitive dissonance. This is a very, very good example of it. He has identified with the way he trains and the way he eats and the way he takes his supplements. He has identified with it so strongly that changing his paradigm, that shifting the way he thinks about those things, means he has to shift who he is. Mm. And this is why you can this is this is true. Look, when you try and talk to someone about politics, religion, or about anything where they identify with, it's hard to change because all of a sudden they're like, Well, who am I? Like if I if that's not true, yeah. I remember when it fucking happened to me, dude. I remember when I first started fasting and I didn't lose shit tons of muscle. <laughs> I was like what I have been living a fucking lie. Yeah. I've been preaching lies to my clients for for over a decade. It was a earth-shattering moment for me and if you are not open to it, it is painful. I mean, imagine this. Imagine if I don't know, scientists discover that this reality is fucking it's completely false and we're all like the matrix. We're all stuck in a computer and imagine if scientists actually revealed that. Hey everybody, we're all fucking uh, uh, artificially <laughs> intelligent uh, computer, you know, no way, generated man. people and they proved it. Do you know what? Most people would would fucking oh, yeah. refuse to believe it. Be like 90%. Yeah, they're like fuck that, you're wrong and they they take those scientists and they'd kill them. Yeah. So and and that's an extreme, obviously an extreme <laughs> case. But I think <laughs> I think this guy... Yeah, he, and this, want, he wanted to say that. Yeah, I think... Because he still believes that. No, no, I don't. <laughs> but if I had evidence of that shit, most people wouldn't. I think this I think this guy's... I believe they're Romulans, too. I, yeah. I think this guy... I think there's cognitive dissonance going on. I think he's listened to a few episodes of us, and he's like, fuck, man, this can't be true. Oh, that gives me, I've been that wrong gives for me, so long. That gives me hope, then. That gives me yeah. hope. If he's only listened to a handful of episodes, and maybe that's where he's at right now, yeah. because I feel like we've... I feel like we need we've, some time under tension. I feel like we beat the shit out of this horse already. Like we yeah. have, like we've, we're clear. We've gone. We've already talked. You've already talked about all the gut flora fucking studies. We've already brought on people like Dom Diagostino. We've already brought you know Terry Walls on. We've already brought these brilliant minds that, that are that are are studying this stuff that are way beyond these these other idiots that are still promoting things like IIFYM because those people are doing it because it puts fucking money in their pocket not because it's good science yeah. and they're putting and they're putting out or there good for you. they're putting out there science and information that supports their argument not good science that's evolving and let then teaching us about our body that we're just now learning about like if you're if you're preaching or you're arguing to back up IFYM you're an idiot you are sorry i'm going to call you all out you're an idiot if you're arguing arguing IIFYM because we, we're beyond that. We're already past this. Now, if you use that to get yourself into better shape and you're listening to this... If that's one of the steps you took... That's a step. Yeah. That's where... That, that is okay. I'm not, I'm not hating on that person for doing that. In fact, I think that's awesome. But don't stop the Transition there. now. Don't stop there. And yeah. the reason why we attack IFYM, like IFYM so much is because of that. Because become, that becomes a dogma. That becomes a way of... Of like eating and that everybody starts saying that no 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 that was some steps that you took in the right direction Mm -hmm. and let's be honest any diet is any anything that teaches you to be mindful of your food and you have to pay attention or track I am a fan of I don't give a shit what it is because that's already the step in the right direction of awareness you can't become aware until you start paying attention to the things that you're consuming so I don't give a shit if it's IFYM or it's ketogenic 
or if it's fucking Atkins. It doesn't matter. Those are already better than what you were doing before because it's now making you aware. But don't stop there. No matter which one of those ones that you're doing, and just because it might have got you in good aesthetic shape or you've lost your 20 or 30 pounds you want to, you're not done. Well, that's what I mean. You're not done evolving. That's what I mean. It's because people identify so strongly with their dogma. We'll use this word against them. With their dogma that any change... In that is a it's like cra- it's like cracking through their core. Like what yeah. the fuck am I? I mean, you got to understand that humans and psychologists have, have, have demonstrated this several times. We are constantly striving for internal consistency, and when we present new information that is counter to somebody's identity, you're not just saying to them, "Hey, your diet is bad for you." You're saying to them, "You are not who you think you are." <laughs> I mean, that's what it is yeah, at their root. Yeah. It, it would be, it is literally like, imagine. Well, that's why the walls come up so fast. Imagine this. If someone came in here right now and said to us, we have conclusive evidence, years of studies, conclusive evidence that leg extensions are superior to barbell squats. If this just happened right now and they proved it to us beyond a shadow of a doubt, we would accept it, but it would be, it would be very painful for me it to do so be because I've completely accepted that squats are superior to leg <laughs> extensions. Yeah. Um, and I believe that, right? But if God, if someone proved that to me, yeah. I'd have to go back to the drawing board and be like, well, it looks like um, I was living a lie. Yeah, but they make a really, really good argument. It's like, okay, you can't really deny when it's right in front of you. Yes. It, all, it all stacks up and like they really prove every step of like, yes, this is superior to this. You it's have like, okay. Exactly. You have to be open. I give in. You have to be open to change. That is part of awareness. Aware means that you take a step back and you observe. And you look at things for what they are, not what you want them to be. And of course, that sounds very simplistic. And of course, no matter what, there's a subjective element because you yourself are a suggestive, you know, you're, 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 you're a being, you're not, um, you know, able to step outside completely. But that's what you should strive to do and actually look and see, you know, look at the evidence, look at the, you know, what's really placed in front of you. Don't judge it. Just look at it and become aware of it, and then watch where that takes you. And be okay with the fact that it might take you away from your strong current beliefs, that it may take you away from a belief system that you've identified with. That is a very difficult thing to do. And that's why talking about nutrition, you might as well be debating someone's fucking religion. Oh, that's God, why yes. every time I make a, a, a nutrition post, it's very I, similar, I piss people off. Every, I might as well go on there and say, you know, you know, this religion is bullshit or whatever. It's no different. Like, I piss people off every single time I talk about nutrition on my Instagram. There's always going to be a slew of people that are going to tell me, you know, you're just being negative. And but why it can't worked you let people- for me. Yeah, it worked for me and this and that. And I'm like, look, you know, that's that's great that it worked for you. But, you know, let's let's take a step back and look at what uh, where you're at in your evolution and you're well, nowhere near where I you want, could I be. want people to understand, too, that a part of that, we we have to do that in order to get the attention. And I, and I, it's unfortunate, but we do, because I'm just putting out the facts and the mm-hmm. science and bringing uh, PhDs on here that talk about where we're at with uh, with the gut and microbiomes. It doesn't matter. People still aren't listening. So the whole idea of making a shirt that says, you know, mind pump, IFI, or IIFYM sucks, isn't like we're trying to attack or we're trying to be vindictive or we're trying to, we're just trying to, all we're trying to do is get attention so we can then ed- educate you on it. That's all it is. And so if you're somebody who is like, you know, because we have these people, right, that are just like positive everything. 
you know don't don't be negative <laughs> yeah, yeah, and like yeah, yeah. why do you, why everybody should love each other and we should all be supportive and if somebody is on, on a on trying to be better than themselves you guys you know by you guys saying things like that you're no fuck off you know literally yeah. like that's not how the world works i'm sorry wake the fuck up you know you have to stir some shit every once in a while and that's what this is it's that's it's it. it's to put well, that it's out identifying there identifying so what they're doing too with the marketing like obviously it works because people are like yeah i love Krispy Kreme yeah you know like I want that shirt or yeah and then redirecting their mind you know as far as the information behind it yes that's, so, all, that's, all, that's all it is, all it is. no I one's, mean, no, one's know, no one's attacking Krispy Kreme donuts nobody is attacking really IFYM it's really just trying to help inform you it's trying because I believe that when whoever created I don't even know the creator we should look that yeah, up could you look that should. up because yeah. we've been picking the shit we've been picking on this person so uh that's how much we give a shit doesn't I matter know, who it is whatever. right so uh, we're not attacking that person. I'm sure that person, when they put it together, had the same mentality as uh, George or what's his face as Glassman did when he put CrossFit together. I think their intentions are right. I think they go into it that they want to create something that is for the masses and help people go in a better direction. Do I think you're better off going to a CrossFit gym than not going to a gym at all? Absolutely, I think that. Do I think you're better off doing IIFYM than absolutely doing nothing at all? Absolutely. But both those things are, are a step in a direction of becoming, you know, into getting into intuitive eating, intuitive working out. And that's really what it's about. It's not about attacking those direct people. It's about making people aware that this dogma or this cult-like way of working out or eating is not the ideal for everybody. And that it should be a red flag for you that anything that's targeted to the masses like that isn't. And that, that's what we talk about. You talk about us being a dogma. Well, fuck, we can't be a dogma because we, we encourage people to modify maps. We encourage people to, we don't write a diet. Our nutrition guide is a guide. It's not a meal plan. You, yeah, you'll never see us write a diet. You'll never tell us that th- everybody should be eating like this. In no, fact, we encourage we, you to look at look at the signs and to mm-hmm. to follow and define the patterns in your own eating eating habits. And it's not, we don't, we don't ever tell people this is the only way to do anything. We help inform, we help educate, we, uh, we go through things like the ketogenic diet and we go through that. We explain to you some of the positive things, but none of it, like we had to, we had to be real careful when we went through that whole no, process. We had to clearly say that that's not the official diet. Dude, of mind yeah. pump. You know what it says? The origins of IIFYM. IIFYM was haphazardly started by a few competitive bodybuilders that grew tired of eating bland and boring food when dieting for a bodybuilding contest. Yeah. They took one. They took one uh, poor relationship with know. food. Dear yeah. God, it was and they made just, by bodybuilders. And they just, <laughs> that's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like, no, it, why are real. they so defensive? <laughs> <laughs> Look, to cir- it, it, some fucking meatheads and, came up with it. And just to circle back, just to circle back around, you know, uh, the truth is, if the three of us trained and ate the way we understand now, back in the early days. We would have performed better. We had would have built more muscle. Oh, I like would to, have maintained. I like to believe I wouldn't have yeah. my psoriasis. I'd like to believe a lot. Of, you know what I'm saying? Like I seriously think about the hormone issues we'd had to deal with. Think about all the things we've had to deal with that we probably wouldn't have to deal with today. And think of all the gains we would have made and had now today. At you know in our in our 30s and late 30s. So uh, it, no, not only is it not necessary, all that stupid shit. Uh, if you are progressing. And you're doing all that shitty stuff. You are press, progressing in spite of it. You're throwing spikes down in front of yourself while you're running, and you're running with bloody feet. Stop throwing those spikes and watch how fast you can run. That was a weird analogy. You like that? <laughs> I just like that. I'm gonna go with it. Next up, <laughs> in case you were thinking about doing that, there it is. <laughs> Melina DePola. DePaula. DePaula. Yeah, he misspelled it. Oh, you misspelled it. All right. Epoch. Good, bad, or make any difference? 
Mm. Epoch was a thing for a little while, a right? Big, yeah. What year was what, to highlight that? What yeah. year? Uh, it was, what maybe like, what ten five ten years ago? Maybe, maybe. No, five years ago. Maybe they made a big deal about it, saying, "Okay, high intensity cardio increases epoch." Right. Therefore, Hit was definitely branded with that. Yeah, yeah. Therefore, like you know, you burn more calories after doing that. That's why it's more effective. Now, studies will show that if you utilize high intensity cardio uh, in a, in, a, in a proper way, and you compare it to just long distance type cardio that you will within a short period of time because these studies are usually 12, 16 weeks long you will get leaner more efficiently and effectively with the high intensity cardio and then they they attributed that to EPOC they said oh it's because you're burning more calories afterwards the reality is that's false the EPOC is trivial it's a very very small amount it's not going to make that big of a difference here's why the high intensity cardio uh, is superior within those short periods of time because it's not superior all the time. By the way, I want to be clear: uh, your body adapts to certain things, and you can mm-hmm. overdo intensity with cardio too. But within those short periods of time, there's a reason why sprinting will get you leaner more efficiently than if you just a long, long distance running. It's not epoch; it's all about adaptation. Yes, it's all about the signal you're sending your body. You this- probably weren't sprinting no you know, before you started doing that. Yes, and, then, and, that's and the results you're getting. Not, not only that, but the signal that you're sending with interval type cardio, where I go do. 10 sets of sprints versus just go run five miles. Mm-hmm. The signal I'm sending my body is not only am I burning calories while I'm doing the sprints, but I'm also telling my body I need strength and power. Yeah, as I say, and so I'm going to build some, or keep muscle. You're doing something explosive. Right. Yeah. There's that's a, all it is. That's yeah. why it's why it's superior if you do that kind of a head to head comparison. Exactly. Because let's think of it from mathematical, right? If you, and these are obviously hypothetical numbers, but you put on. Because of that, the body will have to adapt. It will have to build more muscle to be explosive like that because you are putting a different... If you were a marathon runner who now converted over to a sprinter... You're going to build some You're going to build some muscle. The yeah. body will adapt because it is it is a new adaptation. It does require more muscle to explode out the gate like that. Therefore, that little bit of muscle that you have now added to your body then in turn burns X amount of calories. This is where they get the science from that. This is where they try and say... It burns X amount of calories more per day when you do this, and it could add, equal up to X amount more pounds of fat per month. Well, all that shit is bullshit. Yeah, yeah. It's all splitting hairs, and it all just depends on what they were doing before that. Because if you were somebody who's been a sprinter your whole life, and you tell that person to do hit for their cardio now, it's totally different. Now, ask that same, that same sprinter to go do a run for five miles, and they'll, their body will, will change more having to run for five miles than sprinting all day long because they're so adapted to that. So... It really, uh, it the the argument with epoch to me is well, it's old. I think this is old science. Right? I think there was just like it's like law of thermodynamics, kind of old. Yeah, it's really uh, I and what I don't like about it, okay, is uh, what it has what it has created. It, it turned into all these uh, Tabata and all this everyone talking about yeah. hit as the best best way to do cardio and this high intensity, high intensity. And everything. here we go. We're talking about something else that was created more to kind of fit into like. Bad lifestyle, like yeah. like these people that were like very sedentary, and then all of a sudden, I only have this short window though during my day. But how do I maximize that? Yeah, and so now it's just feeding into this whole process of like, yeah. right, what can I do to completely ramp myself as hard as I can? Yeah, let's in be this clear. Small window. Let's be very very clear. Uh, high intensity cardio, high intensity interval training. There's a lot less people that are uh, that that's appropriate for than long than, than steady state. Yes, steady state. I can put a lot of people on steady state and not overdo it, of course. But I could take the average person and, and tell them to go for a walk. I can't take the average person and say, okay, today we're going to run ten sprints because I'm going to tell you something right now. They're probably going to hurt themselves. Yeah, uh, I can't take the type A person, high stress, not getting much sleep, 
and then tell them uh, on top of the resistance training, I want you to three days a week Thank do high, you. You know, yeah. high intensity cardio because I'm going to hammer the fuck out of their right. body and it's this over application of intensity. Fatigue. Yeah, everything is just going to be an overload. Like we, we talked about what kind of, That's like right. how much stress is in your life already and now you're adding in intensified stretch. Yes. It's not something that's I'm, like benefiting I'm you. more likely to uh, overtrain my body with high intensity cardio than I am with uh, steady state, you know, 30 minutes, you know, three days a week. So if I'm training real hard with the weights, and I start throwing in all these crazy sprints and stuff. I'm much more likely to overtrain my body. Well, let's make it clear too. We um, we're not saying that it, uh, hit is bad, you know, no. or hit is. There's it's a just, place for it. There is a place, and I'll, and if you've been listening to Mind Pump for a long time, you've probably heard me talk about how I uh, incorporate it when getting for ready for a show. I never do hit until it's ready. Until I'm trying to get in like stage ready like the shape. last two weeks or yes. something, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's one of the last, it's probably about three, between weeks three and four is really when I start to incorporate it. But up until that, up until that point, I use NEAT as the primary way of in, uh, in increasing my core. Which is more of the steady state. Yeah, it's right. me. It's me walking. It's me walking my dogs. It's walking on the treadmill or whatever. It's it's me not doing cardio. That's not cardio. NEAT is just movement. So I focus primarily on that first and then the the first bit of cardio I do introduce is ten to twelve minutes of hit post workout when, when in, because I'm thinking of it as something that I, it's sustainable for me. Okay, yeah. I'm I'm getting ready for something, I'm and I'm going to add this three times a week for twelve to fifteen minutes of hit and then be done with it after that. And then other than that, the rest of the year I don't want to have to do that to maintain my physique. So I've learned to find my balance nutritionally based off of my neat. And my weight training, because that's something that's easy for me to consistently maintain through the well, year. Well, I think that we, you know, we stress the hierarchy of, of, you know, neat over hit because, you know, if you think about hit for me, it, it, it feeds into this, this punishment mentality. And, and I feel like, you know, this is where it a lot can of, be, it cannot be overstated. Yeah, Absolutely. This is where a lot of people that get into that intensity trap where, uh, you know, it, you can do that for a while, but then, but then it's going to be demotivating after a while too. Even just mentally going into the yeah. gym, it's like, God, I got to hammer myself every time. And now, if I'm doing that too for my cardio, when in fact all I got to do is up my activity levels, and I'm going to get the same desired result. Uh, but you know, it, I I just feel like people like lean too much in that direction already, and, and to really to pull back and, and try neat and and, and get. You know, get through that part of it and then add, you know, hit in in spurts. I think that's the important thing to note is that it's it is it's just another tool. Yeah, it's just it's of a course. It, it's another tool that get that why we speak out on it is, and I think it's important to make this clear is that it's not that we think that it's uh, bad. We just we know that it's one of those overused tools. Mm -hmm. It's like training to failure, right? Epoch. I look at you know people who talk a lot towards epoch and hit. The same people that talk about training to failure. There's a place for both of them. They are a tool that you can utilize. Most certainly do I not think it is, a, is something that you should be doing on a regular basis to maintain your, your, your overall health. I just I think it's something that you intermittently utilize mm -hmm. to help you get in shape or get ready for something or train. Like I would probably use hit more for my athletes than anything else. Of course, like, because yeah. you're looking for it's all there's, about there's adaptation. more carryover to what they're doing. You know, it's like if yeah. if I'm trying to train somebody who is doing basketball, where they're going to have to sprint up and down the court two or three times before. 
before they even get a timeout or a break out of bounds. Like that person, like that's a perfect person to be training hit because I want their body to be adapted to that. So they're efficient when they're playing basketball. But to a person who's trying to get in shape, I don't want to train them to have to do that to be in shape all the time, to go sprint on a fucking treadmill for intervals just so they can get in shape. And then then they have that connection to, oh, I need to do these crazy sprinting in order for me to, you know, uh, get myself in this kind of shape. Absolutely not. I don't want to do that. At the end of the day, it's all about adaptations. Here's what I want you to understand. Whatever you're doing with your exercise Think of the adaptations that you're looking for or the signals that you're sending with your exercise and what type of adaptations are going to follow that. If I'm going into my activity, my cardio, if you will, and I need a recovery adaptation, and many of you do, many of you need to go into your cardio with recuperation and recovery as the, the form of adaptation you're looking for, then I'm going to go for a walk. I might go for a walk outside. I might put on my headphones and listen to a podcast or some music and do something that's going to rejuvenate and recuper- help my body recover from my hard workouts. If I'm going into my cardio with I need to uh, burn you know, uh, lots of calories, then that's a different type of adaptation. But am I also at the same time sending the signal to become efficient with my calories? Because that's what a lot of too much long, long, you know, uh, long duration, low intensity cardio will do. Um, do I need improved uh, maximal endurance because I'm an athlete? If you t- approach your training with adaptation uh, in mind and the signals that you're sending through your exercise and how they relate to the adaptation, then you'll find that you'll use these tools uh, appropriately and effectively. You will find that you don't overuse uh, any of these tools because you're going into them with the right approach. Our next question is from Corey. He's asking about the mind-muscle connection. Did you want me to read the entire thing? Yeah, could you, Doug? Because I forget what it, exactly what he said. Okay, so he said, Over the years of training, I've tried to take in every bit of knowledge to incorporate into my gym routine. At this point, I'm learning about the mind-muscle connection, thinking of the muscle I want to utilize and moving the weight with that muscle and also keeping it within tension. For example, when doing leg extensions, we normally go from 90 degrees to zero degrees, flexing the muscle at the top, and working the entire quad. Example of mind muscle and tension would be bringing the legs closer together while slightly pointing the toes outward and focusing on the vasta medialis. Vastus medialis. Yeah, that that one. (laughs) (laughs) Or the medialis. To move the weight only. I like that better. Yeah. While moving the weight, Find where the tension is at, at its greatest, and keeping the movement within that tension range. I guess that's what he's Mm -hmm. saying. Obviously, the weight would be dramatically lowered. What are your thoughts on this method? So there's uh, mind, focusing on the connection between your mind and your muscle is another tool that you should learn how to utilize. Uh, However, it is a tool that I also see overused quite a bit, especially Mm -hmm. in the bodybuilding world. Yes. Um, because then it becomes all about isolation and feeling the squeeze in the outer part of my this and isolating this and getting a pump in this one part of my pec or whatever. Um, it's uh, getting if you st- get stuck in that particular mentality, you're going to miss out on these big gross motor movements that are uh, that have huge potential for improving functional strength, building muscle and burning body fat. I'll give you a good example. Um, if you've got decent biomechanics and you're free of major glaring muscle imbalances and recruitment patterns and you're doing a barbell squat, 
it will be detrimental to you to sit there and focus on the quads or whatever muscle group you're trying to focus on while doing your barbell squat. You'll miss out on a lot of the benefits of the squat. And you'll build less muscle from the squat versus going into the squat, getting into your form, getting solid and moving the weight. God, that's hard for people to, to, to <laughs> absorb right there. Right, right. That's You better repeat uh, that one more time because that just went because that is the opposite of what the, the bodybuilder mentality is because it's all about squeezing and flexing and thinking right. about that muscle and connecting mind-muscle connection and they have put so much emphasis. Here's a here is an example. Lower, inner, outer. Yeah, right. Here is an example upper, of horizontal taking a little bit of good science and running with it. Yeah. You know, there is something to be said about mind muscle connection. We talk a lot about like sleepy butt syndrome, right? And we talk about how there is much a connectivity issue. Exactly. Right. There's yes. A, there's a connectivity issue going on with somebody who does squats and cannot feel it in their ass, or just can't fire their glutes. Yes. They can, okay. Yeah. So guess what? Taking that person and teaching them how to do exactly what you're explaining mm-hmm. with the leg extension with their glutes is very important because this person lacks that connection completely. Mm. Do I think you probably have a bad connection to your your quads? Absolutely not. Most people are completely quad dominant, and I know, Corey, and I know you don't. So for you to sit on a, a leg extension machine and internally or externally rotate your feet to try and take uh, the vastus medialis through a longer range of motion mm-hmm. uh, with lighter weight is going to do way less for you than doing sissy squats or front barbell squats. If you're looking for gains... And the whole reason why you're doing this mind-muscle connection and focusing on the mind-muscle connection, you are losing out on something by focusing on that leg extension instead of doing a big gross motor movement like Sal was saying that's going to show you more gains. Now, if you had a poor connection, which, by the way, I don't know anybody that has a poor connection to their quads, but if you had a poor connection then I would, I would see regressing you from a barbell squat or regressing you from the big gross motor movement, teaching you isolation movements, which would be your single joint type stuff, like your leg extension, yeah. like a glute kick. Well, even isolation movements aren't isolated. Exactly. You know, and but, so people just don't understand that. Like even in a leg extension, you know, like how many muscles are, are still tense and active. Yeah, you can't. You can't. You can't just isolate your quad. No, it doesn't you, work. No, like, you're not. You know, I actually so uh, it's just a smaller gross movement. I had a guy. I remember a guy worked out uh, at one of the gyms that I managed years ago, and he would deadlift, and it would look kind of funny the way he deadlift. And so I asked him, I said, "Why are you deadlifting that way?" Yeah, he's like, "Oh, dude, you feel it in your lats more." And I, uh, I mean, talk about missing the point, right? right. Completely missing the boat and getting. So uh, so much less of the benefit from a deadlift because he's sitting there trying to fire his lats while he's deadlifting. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're missing a connection to your lats, there's a much better way to isolate and get that connection. But when you're doing a fucking deadlift, you ain't trying to feel it anywhere. You're not trying to feel it in one particular area. You're trying to get perfect biomechanics. You're trying to get solid. You're trying to drive through the floor. You want to be able to lift as much weight as possible with good form, and that's going to give you all the muscle gains, all the benefits of this fantastic, wonderful exercise. If I sit there and try and feel it in a particular area, I have taken a wonderful exercise, an exercise that will fundamentally change how your body moves and the strength and all these wonderful things, and I've taken it and I've it, made it a shitty exercise. I've literally taken it and destroyed the, well, the deadlift. Well, what you, you haven't, I don't want to say that. Don't say that. What you've, what you've done is you've, you've lessened the uh, impact it could make, right? It's well, why, why do the doing, deadlift? Yeah, but doing it, like doing a deadlift with super slow control, trying to focus on an area, 
isn't bad, isn't going to hurt you. No. But what it's going to do, it defeats the purpose of that movement. That's what I'm saying. That movement is is going to benefit your central nervous system and overall gains in muscle growth more than anything else you can do in that entire gym. And you've just lessened that because you've decided to try and focus on the mind-muscle connection so much that you've reduced the weight by 50%. Yeah. So you can squeeze at the top and squeeze at the bottom and go really slow and controlled. Yeah, it's really if it's like, if it's dormant, if it's a muscle that's dormant in a, in a a major you know movement that requires like say your glutes or something in a squat and you're not feeling that you know that's an issue that's something that you need mind muscle connection and you need to focus on that and direct your attention to how do i get these muscles to fire that's where i see the relevance of the mind muscle that's the, connection that's, that's the only time it. i've ever used it the only time i've ever really focused on that with any client even the ones that are trying to build muscle like tons of muscle or whatever is if I notice a connection problem, I notice a muscle imbalance, mm-hmm. then we regress back. Then it becomes all about mind-muscle connection. You know, if I have someone that's like, man, no matter what I do, my lats don't grow, they're not responding. Well, now we're going to, I'm going to make sure you can feel your lats first. Mm-hmm. So we're going to go back and do all about mind-muscle connection. We're going to lighten the weight. We're going to squeeze the lats. We're going to isolate them. And now that yeah. you can fire them well, well, shit, now we could go do our barbell rows and pull-ups and dumbbell rows, and they're going to fire the way they should, but we're going to get... Yeah, you'll feel the lats, well, when you, especially when yes. you, you pre-exhaust and you do something like that, like a technique where you're, yeah. you're really trying to get the established connection, but now I, I, I use the deadlift for what it is. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make kind of an overgeneralization right now, and you guys can correct me if you think I went too far here, but... I think that you uh, doing an isolation movement on anything anything anterior anterior is almost a waste of time. Posterior, there there is where yeah. rear delts, your mm-hmm. back, mm-hmm. your glutes, Based your on hamstrings, the patterns all day long. Almost right? every, yeah. like ninety percent of the people out there have a higher chance that they're going to have a poor connection to your posterior chain. I'd say that's pretty true. Than yeah. they than they ever would from their anterior. A high majority for sure. So I could definitely see you doing. You know, these like rear delt flies very slow and controlled and trying to focus on getting your rear delts to fire because they're, it's a, it's a poor connection. Most it's people. It's a common muscle. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a common deviation, right? Mm-hmm. It's a common problem that we have with people. Now, if I saw you doing that with a shoulder press, I would think you're an idiot because I don't think you have an issue there. Most people don't have an issue with their anterior delts firing whatsoever. That's a very easy movement for them to engage that. It's not put to sleep like the posterior chain is. So yeah. your back types or your back, like let people have a hard I mean, time. Unless you walk backwards. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Nobody yeah, does. And, and nobody does. things up backwards and yeah. I mean, you I sit I, in a bridge position all day. I, I want to say 90% just because never in my life have I ever met anybody that was the other way, but it, it could be higher than that. Even. It, I mean, it, it's, it you're talking be. about, I mean, I don't know anybody that would need, that has a poor connection to, um, you know, unless they had some sort of maybe injury that they had yeah, that's right. caused like a major, major imbalance. Mm-hmm. So they don't, they, they're not firing something on the anterior. No, for spot. the most part, the exercises that you do, the, the most effective ones are going to be these big movements. And when you do them, focus on your form, focus on, uh, do I have imbalances in terms of recruitment patterns? Am I, tra- am my knees traveling wrong or my elbows moving the wrong way and my back, you know, curving the wrong way, whatever. Correct those, get your biomechanics down, get solid in it, then gradually move your weight up. And all these, you know, little muscles that you think you need to focus, they're all going to develop, man. I'm telling you, look, you could, some of the most muscular motherfuckers I've ever met were powerlifters who could give a fuck about well, let's, know, let's, isolation movement. I'll tell you, and I know Corey, so I know yeah. like where this is going. So somebody, whether, uh, I don't know if he's got somebody who's coaching him right now or buddies or it's just his own research. 
But, you know, so what he's doing, I know he's looking at his quads and he's thinking that, you know, oh, my my sweep is with, you know, the outside of the quad, right? So, or is he working on teardrop? He, did he say an internal or external rotate? He said external? External. External, so yeah. teardrop. So he's like, so he's looking at the the teardrop, right? And he's saying, like, I want a bigger teardrop and I want I want more of that. So this is me externally rotating so I can focus on getting that more engaged. Mm-hmm. Well, we talked about this on how to build quads, right? When we did a quad, when we did a quad episode on how you can use that as a pre-exhaust. So I could see you using doing this move that you're talking about with a leg extension, externally rotating, kind of pre-exhausting the vastus medialis and then going into a front squat mm-hmm. and doing that right afterwards to help really put extra emphasis. Right, it recruits it a bit more. Yeah, and it's going to fatigue first, right? Yeah. Because you you just fatigued it out by doing the leg extensions then you go over to the front squat. Uh, but when you do the front squat, you're not trying to slow down and fo- focus. You're trying to lift maximal weight, you know, with, within within controlled movement. And then you doing that, I think you can get some great great gains, and you can get accomplish what you're trying to accomplish. But sitting on a machine, uh, r- externally rotating the feet and doing isolation movements to try and grow or develop a part of your quad is going to be inferior all day long to you doing sissy squats, front squats, back loaded barbell squats you know, lunges, big, big, gross motor movements. Those big movements are going to develop that teardrop. Even if you don't feel it the most in that teardrop, it still will develop that teardrop more than anywhere else. And if you want to try and uh, focus on on parts of the quadricep like that uh, by pre-exhausting first, yeah. I could see that. I, I mean, the, 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 v, the VMO, what she's talking about, the, what they call a teardrop is – uh, many times inhibited from injury. So if you've been injured in your knee, sometimes it, you know it contributes to the way the patella tracks. If I'm not mistaken, I think it's most active when your leg is fully extended. So if this is an area that's not firing because a knee injury, if you're, uh, okay, you know, yeah, very good point. Then uh, you may want to do the leg extension, focus on the squeeze at the top, and hold that squeeze and really squeeze the shit out of it. Like Adam's saying, superset, and then go mm-hmm. to your barbell squat, mm-hmm. and that'll help a fire. Uh, but again, if you're otherwise healthy um, and you haven't had past knee injury or, or problems, it's probably firing okay. It's probably just your genetics and you're better off just focusing on overall building size in your quadriceps. And I'm glad you said that too because I think this is where the, the bodybuilder guys and, and guys that are working on building their these aesthetic physiques, they this is where all the, that used to drive me crazy is the information they get. They would see a part, they would like they would be coaching a kid and they'd be like, Hey Corey, your uh, your teardrop is pretty weak. We need to start doing some external rotating when you do these leg extensions. And he starts prescribing that in his workouts all the time. And I'm just like, first of all, that's retarded. Okay, what that really is, what you're going to do by doing that, and you're eliminating other movements that could really grow your legs. You're wasting your time. You're spinning your wheels. You're going to be far better off incorporating the big gross motor movements. If you want to use it as pre exhaust, that's fine. You can do that. You can add that into it, but. By you, you know, stopping doing the big movements and doing that because somebody told you that's going to focus on that area and that'll help the mind muscle connections. It's no, your genetics are a big reason why your legs look the way they look, and doing the big movements are going to grow the entire leg more than anything else. Exactly. Hey, listen, if you like Mind Pump, leave us a five star rating review on iTunes. If we like your review and we pick it, you'll win a free Mind Pump t shirt. Also, do not forget to check us out. On Instagram at Mind Pump Radio, you can find me at Mind Pump Sal, and that's where I have some of those controversial posts. You can find Adam at Mind Pump Adam and Justin at Mind Pump Justin. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, 
and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump. Mind Pump.